Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. G'day, Mike Hussey here, but you can call me Mr. Supercoach. KFC Supercoach BBL is back and there's 25 grand up for grabs. So what are you waiting for? Play today at Supercoach.com.au. T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorisation number TP slash 01005. Welcome back to the Mowers Club. Great to have your company in the uh, second hour. Thanks to Toro Mowers, powered by 100 Years of Innovation. Now, there's uh, a big event happening this weekend. Uh, four clubs, South Newtown, Sydney Roosters and West Tigers, are taking part in the New South Wales Physical Disability Rugby League competition. Now, a man who is passionate about this particular strain of rugby league and rugby league in general, um, he's here in, back in Australia Happy to say he hasn't lost his Australian accent as well, even though he stars on English television weekly. Adam Hills, how are you, mate? I'm very tempted to go, all right, me lads, how you doing? All right. <laughs> all right, geezer. All right, geezer, top of the morning to you all. Uh, no, I'm fine, thank you. Excellent. Um, yeah, so you're, you're involved in this weekend. Tell us more about uh, what appears to be on the surface a, a bloody good um, idea. Well, so Physical Disability Rugby League started up about 10 years ago in Australia. A guy called George Tonner, who represented Australia in the Paralympics playing soccer, wanted to play the sport he really loved, which was rugby league. So he set up the, this, this um, league here uh, in Sydney, and the rules are slightly different to, um, to first-grade rugby league. So there's nine aside. It's a slightly narrower pitch. Um, there are two two players on the team who are in red shorts, so they can't be tackled and they don't make tackles. They're just tagged. So they might be that, that way it opens it up to people with acquired brain injuries or spinal injuries. There's often an able-bodied player on the pitch, but they're there just to facilitate. They're not allowed to run more than 10 metres with the ball or bust tackles or score tries. And then the rest of it is a bit of everything. There's like cerebral palsy, there's arms missing, there's legs missing, there's vision impairments. Um, I first found out about it in about 2017, but because I was based in London, um, I had found out that Warrington was starting up England's first disability rugby league team. So I went up there to you know, help and promote and ended up playing. So I've been playing with Warrington for the past four years, but on Sunday, I'm going to get to play for the Rabbitohs for the first time, which hey. is the team I grew up following. Well, Adam, is there a chance, can, can, is there a contact at the Sydney Roosters that I can go through? Because the don't get tackled, don't have to tackle anyone, <laughs> and don't run any more than 10 metres really appeals to me. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. I can put you in touch. Yes. We had, um, so Warrington for a while had Sean Briscoe, former England player, as, our, as one of our able-bodied players. And in the games we played, I mean, we came out here and we played against the Rabbitohs at the ANZ Stadium in 2018, and Andrew Johns played for us, uh, as did Matt King. We've had Lee Breers, Gary Schofield all take part. So, yeah, it's open yes. to... Yeah. And, I mean, and all in varying states of fitness. So depending on where you fit in there, you might be perfect. What does this do? You see, at the moment, Dylan Alcott is out there, which is great um, from a 
disability point of view for, for heightened awareness and everything is Australian of the Year. And, and he speaks wholeheartedly about the fact that I, where I sit, literally, is yeah. what gives me so much joy because I've been able to, to, to help people who are in a similar situation to me. What does this do for people who ordinarily might think, you know what, I can't partake in my favourite sport. I love watching the footy, but I'll never play footy. What, what does that do? Do you know what? I was talking to one of the guys. So I went up to Sydney last week for training and um, one, of the, one of the blokes there I kept in touch with because he did his hamstring. So I was just checking he was all right. And we were just talking about how much we've both got out of this. And for him, he said, you know, when, you, when you've got a disability, you don't, it's not just not being able to play the sport that you love, which is rugby league, but you rarely get to play a team sport when you've got a disability. And there's something that you, you, you know as well as I do, there's something that comes from being in a team, that, that environment, that sense of friendship and mateship. And, you know, my Warrington teammates, all through, all through the lockdowns, we, we, all, we had a WhatsApp group. We were all checking in on each other. We were there for each other 24-7. So it's not just the chance to play the sport that you love. It's the chance to be surrounded by, you know, a group of people that you put your body on the line for week in and week out. So... As much as, as I mean, to put it into perspective, we finished our season in England finished in September last year, but we've been training ever since because we just want to. It's you know, it's as much for mental health as physical health. So it's it's huge. I can't overstate the benefits of this for people with disabilities. Uh, It's Cabramatta Rugby League Club. Adam, tell us a little bit more about the day and the structure and and how it's all going to run. So Sunday, 10.30, uh, I'll be playing for the Rabbitohs against the Newtown Jets. And then I think it's 11.45, it's the West Tigers against the Sydney Roosters. Um, and then I think two weeks later at Leichhardt Oval, we're playing an exhibition game for the City versus Country. So I think there'll be a City versus Country PDRL as well. Um, and it's on every few weeks. I mean, I keep tweeting about it, but they've got a Facebook page, New South Wales PDRLA. Um, I mean, at the very least, we might have to shorten that, that acronym. But... Um, yeah, it's uh, and it, and you know what? If you come and watch, everyone who watches Disability Rugby League is becomes addicted to it because they turn up. Two things happen: they turn up thinking it's going to be a bit of you know hit and giggle, and everyone's going easy on each other. And within two or three tackles, they realise they're not. There are some proper hits going on, and everyone just loves the joy and the atmosphere created by it. So, you know, if you're around, come on down because I think you'll you'll become addicted. The, are the roosters under the salary cap? It <laughs> <laughs> won't be if I turn up. <laughs> it's um, it's different with disability sport. It doesn't go on the salary cap. It's on how how many uh, disability payments you receive a week from the government. Oh, the NDIS. Fair enough. <laughs> fair enough. Which can be tricky to navigate. The bit. Yeah. if you navigate that, you you're doing yeah. actually very. Joey very well. Manu's the Roosters able body player, and he's getting paid eight hundred thousand to play on the weekend. <laughs> oh dear. Oh, well, dear. I mean, listen, Ang- Angus Crichton famously, you know, had one of his fingers amputated. I mean, technically, he could play disability as well. Absolutely. Absolutely. A, a quick one on your, <laughs> your, your other love, which is South Sydney, um, the team that played last night and, and bashed up Manly quite convincingly in the end. Uh, what's your take on uh, how they're going at the moment? Oh, I think they're really finding their feet without Adam Reynolds. Um, you know, without Reynolds, Jaden Sewer and Dane Gagai, three pretty big names in the team. But... Little bit by little bit, you've got people like Lachlan Elias and um, Blake Taft stepping up every week. And I think they're doing, considering that they're also without Latrell Mitchell at the moment, I think they're doing all right. They've got, 
I don't know. They, they sh- once they once they stop making mistakes, which they seem to last night, there's a lot of spirit in that club, and I think I think it bodes well for the future, in particular that the the young the the new young names are doing you know are holding their own. And yourself, mate, you're um, back from the UK, obviously at the moment, still going strong over there. How long have you been over there and and being part of the, the the television scene for a while? Yeah, well, we started doing the last leg over there for the 2012 Paralympics, and we thought it was just going to be ten nights. And then at the end of that, Channel Four kind of said, "Well, do you want to come back every week and talk about the news?" And the three of us were like, "No, nah. <laughs> we don't want to talk about the news." And Channel 4 went, well, you're the perfect people to talk about it because you can explain it to, to those who don't really understand it. So we've been doing that since 2012, but but I'm back at the moment doing Spicks and Specs. We've, we've just, we're, we just did our first episode last night of a new run of 10. So so that I think Spicks and Specs will never go away. I reckon we'll be doing it when we're 80. I catch it sometimes, Spicks and Specs, when I'm on the, the old episodes. when like that, I think they still yeah. show them on one of the old ABC multi-channel ones. And you... You, you can pick what year it is by virtue of what everyone's wearing. And there's some, like you look at the <laughs> middle 2000s, it wasn't a very good time for, you know, fashion and, and a, a few haircuts in there. And I, I do wonder when I look at some of the haircuts of today, you think, how are we going to view this in 10 years' time? I, I don't think it's going to be well. Oh, my goodness, yeah. I mean, the fashion, do you know what I'm, I I feel like I'm wearing quite fashionable clothes right now, but mm. I, it's entirely possible, yeah, people are going to look back and go, what blazers and jeans? What on earth are these? Pocket squares? Who thought pocket squares were a good idea? Right now, it feels stylish. Well, Nick's in tracksuit pants and slides, so <laughs> I don't care what year it is. It's radio, the, the joy and the beauty of radio, my friend. Um, Adam, one Absolutely. more one more before we let you go. Ambassador for the 2021 uh, Rugby League World Cup. What's happening on that scene? Is, is it all going ahead or um, now that it's 2022, it is, isn't it? Do you know what? In a, in a really weird way, I think a year's delay actually helped it. With with everything that was going on with COVID, it was going to be tricky last year. I mean, clearly to get all the teams there. And I know the Australia, New Zealand teams were worried. But there really seems to be um, a lot of momentum for it this year. And Channel 4 in the UK just picked up the rights to 10 Super League games. So as on top of everything else, I've actually been presenting Channel 4 Super League coverage in England. Oh, good. Um, so it's and it's the first time Super League's been on terrestrial television. So between that and the World Cup uh, starting to build up, there's a lot of um, attention around the women's game in the UK at the moment and the wheelchair rugby league game, which is different to murder ball that you see at the Paralympics. And it's I actually think it's better because it sticks closer to the rules of rugby league. So between all of that and what they what they're doing, which is great over there is they want to make this the most inclusive World Cup ever. So they're, they're putting the women's game and the wheelchair game on the same level as, as the men's game. So it feels like there's a real, um, a really strong kind of three-pronged Rugby League World Cup that's going to happen. And hopefully a disability Rugby League World Cup as well. Um, I've, uh, Sean Briscoe, it turns out I'm now eligible for England because I've lived there for so long. And Sean Briscoe was was quite keen for me to possibly declare for England, Ooh. but uh, I've declared for Australia. So now what we've got to do is find some funding. So if there's any sponsors listening that want to sponsor the Australian Disability Rugby League team, please get in contact because uh, it's going to cost us a lot to get over there. Yeah, or anyone at NRL headquarters uh, listening, maybe just take one out of the bunker each weekend, and that could maybe pay for a lot of things. So um, Adam Hills, really appreciate your time this morning. Uh, have a great weekend out there at Cabramatta. Play and, well. Um, play well and stay healthy.
<laughs> Cheers. I'll do my best to do all of those things. Adam Hills joining us on the Saturday Morning Mowers Club. Back in a moment with you now. Visit toromowersclub.com.au to win a Toro mower and heaps more. This is the Saturday Morning Mowers Club on SEN with Adam Peacock and Nick Davis. Text on the text line out of the Carl Lawton dismissal last night in the Manly game against South. South's just to beat the Dogs after a Dogs player is sin-binned, but can't beat the Tigers when a Tiger is binned for 10 minutes. Hmm, better get rid of a seagull for the whole game to be sure. <laughs> Conspiracy theorists. Like it. Golf. Not Nick Davis at the Lakes yesterday. No one cares. Uh, because over at the LPGA event, the Women's Tour event in California, the Palos Verdes Championship, Hannah Green leads. She's nine under par. And Minji Lee, another Australian, mm. is eight under par. Playing well. I think they're in the same coaching group. Um, they are playing well. Um, and then the kid, I've just got to make mention of him. Jeffrey. Jeffrey Guan. Jeffrey Guan. Who's a young amateur. He's, uh, I think he's 18 now. He no, might be I don't think he is. He's still at school. Still Endeavour at school. High School. Endeavour High. He is co-leader of the WA Open, a professional event over there. So he's an amateur at the moment, but he'll go pro soon, I think. He's gonna yeah. s- not going to go college. He's going to finish school. And uh, young Jeffrey Guan, G-W-A-N, he is definitely a player to watch. He is. Mm. I'm trying to get a game before he began. It's one of those things where, imagine however many years ago when Tiger Woods was like that. And mm. There would have been like going, oh, look at this kid, you know, oh, yeah, whatever. Imagine mm. if he could, could have said, oh, yeah. No, I played with Tiger Woods when he was 18. Is this bruising if a little I, bit. what I'm about to say? <laughs> before I've said it. Where's your sign? Where's your sign? Where's your sign? I've actually, I actually have had a hit with Jeffrey. So, yeah. How'd you go? Not as good did, as him. Did you spend much time on the same fairway as no, him? fairway is all right. But short game, incredible. Incredible. Yeah, there's the bruising sign. He had to run out. Gibbo has run out of the studio to get his handmade bruising sign. Bruising. And I wanted to do a segment called... The, the, ultimate, the week's ultimate the week's Bruce. Bruce. And you've gone, nah, it's the well, other boys. Yeah, well, it's not really. Joel and Fletcher's. Hey, we've moved on, guys. <laughs> we don't do bruising anymore. We do really hard-hitting stuff like lists <laughs> and hypotheticals. Yeah. What's your Wednesday segment? Wacky Team Wednesday. Wacky, Wacky Team Wednesday. Wednesday, yeah. I mean, gee, I reckon a better name could have been for that, but is yeah. what it is. The text line loves it. <laughs> A hundred. I keep, oh, I keep coming in here and I just keep scrolling. I'm going to look, look at all these texts that the drive boys get. Uh, anyway, we're off to some news right now on the Mowers Club and we're back in a moment with more. Visit toromowersclub.com.au to win a Toro mower and heaps more. This is the Saturday Morning Mowers Club on SEN with Adam Peacock and Nick Davis. Yeah, welcome back to the Mowers Club. The surfing has started, so we'll keep you up to date with that. It's the women's elimination round today and just looked up at the forecast, Nick Davis. Um, There's a graphical representation of why I prefer to watch surfing and not actually do it. It's going to be 18 to 20 foot at Margaret Cook. Uh, Margaret Court, Margaret uh, River on... Uh, Standard bogey putt for you, 18 to 20 <laughs> feet. Tuesday. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> Welcome back to the Mowers Club. Uh, time now to catch up with our weekly legend in the sport of rugby league, and we marry it up with two teams who are playing each other. And, uh, well, this weekend we went a little abstract, West Tigers playing the Dragons. Hey, we write our own rules. So we went 
Who played for the West Tigers and the Catalan Dragons? Pat Richards did, and he joins us right now. Pat, how are you, mate? I'm going well, thanks. How are you? Good, good. Um, yeah, looking forward to this game tomorrow between the Dragons and the West Tigers. Uh, it's following crunch time. Jimmy Smith, Gary Belcher and Anthony Seabold will have the call. But, mate, you're a West Tigers ambassador at the moment. Am I right? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I work with the West Tigers Foundation as an ambassador. So it's still great to be involved with the club. And um, it's also good to having the boys win a couple of last games uh, in dramatic fashion. So hopefully they can continue that this week. I was going to say, um, I reckon the polo might have been, you know, maybe put the jumper over the polo for the first couple of weeks. But now it's uh, front and centre wearing it every day. How good. Yeah, you, yeah, you're seeing a lot of West Tigers uh, jerseys and shirts out of the moment, which is great. Uh, obviously, the boys didn't start the season too well, but we, we probably could have won three of our first five uh, against Melbourne and against the Titans, uh, etc. So um, they, they stuck in there and dug deep and ended up getting a couple of big scalps in Parramatta and, and the Bunnies as well. Pat, Nick Davis here, mate. Look, winning does take care of everything and it doesn't sort of matter. You said early in the season they could have had a couple of wins and uh, a couple of field goals to get the wins the last two weeks. But in the in the the, the way the season is rolling, you've just got to get these wins on the board and it doesn't take much for it to turn around, does it? Exactly right, yeah. Um, and I was, I was at the game the other day with a lot of the 2005 team. We, we went as part of the West Tigers Foundation there to support Royce Simmons in, in his battle at the moment. Um, we went down the sheds, and I'll tell you what, the boys are pretty happy as well. So a couple of those wins, like you said, it doesn't matter how you get them. They're so important because, you know, it was only it wasn't long ago we, we played against the Titans and we, we dropped the ball just over the line, uh, and we could have won that one. So we know what it's like to, to, to lose those close ones. So to, to get a win, yes, it takes a lot of pressure off. The... The switch there, the the Jackson Hastings, Luke Brooks, uh, I think everyone was looking for it and everyone was hoping that it was going to work. But have you seen it the last two weeks, how much of a dis- difference has, has Jackson Hastings made playing in the number seven? Yeah, 100% it has. It's, it's really freed Brooksy up to, to play his natural game, which is just to run and play what's in front of him. So Jackson's uh, made a huge difference to the team already. Um, you know, he, he, even over in the Super League, he had a, he had a great sort of uh, little career over there, and um, he's a good footy player, and he's, he's added a lot of value to his side, and um, just given given Brooksy a bit of confidence too, because he's he's copped a fair bit of flack uh, over the over the opening rounds, and it's good to see him get that uh, last little field goal because Hastings could have taken that, but he but he sort of set Brooksy up for it, so it was it was a big play. Mate, you, Jackson Hastings, you, you mentioned there, he's come back from the Super League. You did that during your career, but you. You spent a bloody long time over there. Um, how much did you enjoy going to the, the Super League? You, you went with Wigan and then you um, ended up at, at the Dragons as well. Um, what was that like for not only your, your footy career, but just life in general? Oh, that was amazing, to be honest. Uh, I left after the 2005 Grand Final. So I thought, oh, I'll go over for two years and, and then I'll come back. But I just loved it. I loved everything about it, um, living over there and you could travel in Europe and and uh, do all those sorts of things and end up staying for eight years. And um, I finally come back to the Tigers for a couple of years before finishing finishing my career off uh, for one more season over in France, the Catalan. So, um, yeah, you know, you only get a short career, but I was, I was fortunate enough to play in another country and absolutely loved it. Both my kids were born in England and uh, we're actually going to go over for a holiday at the end of the year. So that's how much we did love it. With the, um, the Dragons as well, um, what was that like adapting to... A French lifestyle, and and how is your French these days? 
<laughs> French is not too too good. Um, we had a French coach, so he would address us in, in French first, and then he would talk to us in English. So we could start to work work out the language through that way. But I was only pretty good at ordering food from a restaurant, uh, that sort of thing. But a lot of the guys in the team, the French guys, they spoke fluent English, and, and that was great. So that was really a big help for us. But yeah, it was a great experience uh, to play over there, and um, I really enjoyed it uh, to finish off my career. Pat, a few of the Roosters guys, uh, Trent Robertson, Matt King, Jason Riles were talking about it yesterday, actually. Some of the facilities over there in the Super League and, and the change rooms. Talk a little bit about it. They were talking that one of the change rooms, like you had to walk through one team's change room, might have been at Castleford or Watford or somewhere, to get to your own one. They said that the, uh, the, the facilities over there are a little bit different to the NRL. Oh, they certainly are. Some of those small suburban grounds over there. Yeah, you're right. The Castleford changing room is... Uh, they, they had the toilets sort of in the middle of both change rooms. So and you share if toilets. You're in the, to go, if you're ducking into the toilet before the game, you you knock on and, and one of the Castleford players walks out with his jersey on. It's a bit of a weird feeling. Um, but, yeah, it's... Uh, also, the, the grounds over there, the, the people, you know, it's like the, the atmosphere that the English create at certain grounds. It's, it's amazing. There might be... You know, ten, fifteen thousand there, but it might feel like forty thousand because they just sing songs all day and and make it that, that loud. Yeah, it's um, it is superb. The, the the grounds over there, and you get what they're getting at with the suburban grounds here in Sydney is that you, that atmosphere is so good when there's fifteen, twenty thousand as opposed to forty at the even, even some of the uh, the ground, even some of the grounds, they weren't even a hundred meters long. So, like, you're kicking a 40-20, the, the 50-metre to 40-metre line is 10 metres, but then the 40-metre line to 30-metre line, it might only be two or three metres. So, the lines, that's how they are. So, so you've got your, your halfbacks and all that. They, they kick plenty of 40-20s over there. You could boot the ball across postcodes. What, what, was, <laughs> what was the – how far could you kick a footy back in the day? I could – yeah, I could hit them, hit them a bit. Um I, I suppose I had long legs, to be honest. Um, and I played soccer as a kid, so I always loved kicking a footy. But, yeah, um, I hit a couple of dropouts all right. Um, but, yeah, it's it's uh, it's one of those. It's uh, Sometimes they come off, sometimes they don't. I don't know if you remember his dropouts, Nick. Yeah. But, seriously, one of those English grounds, I reckon you could have gone coast to coast, Pat. Is that <laughs> in tag if you drop it out to the other end, the other team's just got to <laughs> drop it back out to you? That's the... <laughs> The best yeah, one. that is that is that is the rule, but I'm not sure I'm not sure how many times that's actually happened. It's a fair kick. Hey, um, Tim Sheen's obviously back at uh, the West Tigers now. Three weeks ago, it it looks like a problem because Tigers haven't won a game. Michael Maguire's under all kinds of pressure. Tim Sheen's is lurking in the shadows, but now it looks like a genius move. Oh, it's fantastic! Michael Maguire can just focus on coaching the footy team, and Sheen's can look after the rest. I mean, the the truth probably lies more towards the latter than the the former, but. Can you give us a Tim Sheen story about when he was coaching you guys back in the day? What kind of coach was he? Was he a ranter and a raver or was he really analytical or was he like a, a really good player manager in terms of getting the best out of you individually? Where, where did he fall? Yeah, he fell, fell in a lot of them. He wasn't a ranter or a raver. Um, he, was, he, was, he loved the game. He loved the skill part of the game. He looked at our squad in 2005 and, and sort of worked out that um, for us to be successful, we had to use the skill, we use our skill, and use the ball. We had certain players in our team that that could promote the footy. Our forwards used to get the ball out. There were halves who he had Scotty Prince and Benji. 
to then get it outside of the outside back. So it was, it was a very exciting sort of brand of footy we played. Um, but yeah, Sheenzy was was great. Um, he he just loves rugby league. He could talk about it 24 hours a day. And um, and catching up with him now that he's back, he, he hasn't changed a bit. Yes, he's a little bit older, like we all are, but he's exactly the same and very passionate about the club and and the game. And he's always turning up to the juniors and whatnot. And uh, we've actually got a we've actually got a one of our sides playing in the uh, Harold Matthews Grand Final today, the West uh, Magpies. So um, yeah, Shingy's involved in in all aspects of the club now. So yeah, it's, it's great to have him back. Down a few players after a couple of them scooted off the bench last week to get involved. Oh, yeah. they should. There's Boys. one of them that got like he he went out there to say good day to one of his mates who was playing for Canberra. I feel really sorry for him, but yeah, Junior Grand Finals uh, this weekend. Hey Pat, just before we let you go, what's a normal week look for you um, these days? Yeah, so I've got a I've got a job in sales, which is my main role, um, and then I also work for the West Tigers Foundation as well. So I might might do little promos during the week for the club and, and things like that, or I might go out to a session help the boys out with the outside backs, do a bit of kick catch work there. And um, if it's a home game, I, I go to that and, and speak to all the sponsors and all the foundation donors and, and those sorts of things. So, so yeah, it's great to be still involved in the game, but that's generally what a week looks like for me. And, yeah, I'd love, love to still be involved in the game as well. It sounds like Nick Davis's week, except for the golf. Not a lot of, no, I'm pretty sure Pat did get out there too. Don't worry about that. It's, it's part of the kick catch thing. Give the kick catch club. Hey, uh, Pat, really appreciate your time this morning, mate. Um, thanks for catching up with us and, and filling us in what you're up to these days. And I'm sure West Tigers fans uh, loved hearing it. And yeah, have a good weekend. No worries. Thanks, boys. Pat Richards joining us. Uh, yeah, and the Tigers aiming for three straight when they take on the Dragons <sighs> tomorrow. Now, when before we go to a break, just want to bring up. Um, I thought through the week there was a lot of leftovers yep. in my fridge. Yep. Like and I got through them. I need a pen. So what we're going to do, and if you can text in on 0457 736 736, I'm going to list my top three best and worst leftovers. Yeah. And if you if their guess is in your top three, then they can get the T-shirt. Yes. And the Keith Arthurton hat. Have we still got any? <laughs> it's just... What do you mean gone. they're all gone? <laughs> they're all gone. We'll we're going to do a reprint. We'll make some more. And because of our trade war with China, it's very hard to get some... <laughs> Fresh talk at the moment. <laughs> Thanks, Dutton. Um, no, so 0457 736 736. We'll come up with something. Um, text on the text line, the best and the worst leftovers. Leftover and if it matches up with anything in my top three, you don't have to agree, don't have to disagree. It's just got to match up. That's all. Um, but, yeah, let us know yours, and Nick's going to let us know. Oh, one of the best leftovers story. King over leftovers. Back in a moment on the Mowers Club. Visit torromowersclub.com.au to win a Toro Mower and heaps more. This is the Saturday Morning Mowers Club on SEN with Adam Peacock and Nick Davis. Welcome back to the Mowers Club. So, best leftovers. I've got heaps. Touched on them. <laughs> You've got three. I've got heaps. I heaps of leftovers. He's the Ian Hewitson of <laughs> SEN over here. Um... We've got, I've got a top three, a yes and a no. A, a, a best leftovers, worst leftovers. On the text line, we've got a few coming in. We'll get to them in a moment just quickly. Firstly. I'm at seven. Go, go, oh <laughs> yeses or noes? Yes. Okay. In order? Yes. Oh, God. So you got a number one already? Yep. Okay. Do you want to do my nose first? Okay. And I'll see no if nose. I can cross it. No, no. Okay. Oh, I told you. Firstly. No, no. Does, <laughs> no, no. That's all. Nachos doesn't even get on the no list. Like you wouldn't even consider no, because the chip goes soggy. Yeah, that's a no. That, like it's a hard if no. you don't eat your nachos straight away, it goes no, straight in the no. bin. Unfortunately, three, third worst leftover sushi. 
Rice goes all hard. Rice, yeah, the, Horrible. the moisture and in the rice goes. The sugar yep. content in the rice. Yep. Two, kebab. <laughs> oh, I don't know if I can agree with that. <laughs> no. No, 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 no. It's reheated meat going into it. You don't want to reheat it again. You can't have it triple cold. Triple reheated. You're triple reheated. Well, at least it hasn't been washed. If you one, want of to... these other, one of these two. If you want a gut explosion, triple reheat your meat. Yeah, well. Hit, hit it with a fire extinguisher <laughs> as one of the ten. Number one. Worst leftover. Hot chips. Can't have them. Uh, Disgraceful. Gibbo? You can air fry them back to good, though. Yes, you can. Yes, yeah. yes so, you can. Like, if you're going to microwave the air fryer them, no, is yes. salvage it. Air fryer is better than microwave. Yeah, 100%. Okay. Thank 100%. you. 100%. I don't have an air fryer. I don't what? need well, well, there you what? go. There you go, Adam. What? I don't need it. What? Why do I need an air fryer? This is me asking. This yeah. is like, <laughs> yeah, I'm yeah, just trying need, to get good, yeah. good content. What? <laughs> I heard you. The you need an air fryer, Adam. And the air fryer is where you reheat things now, not the microwave. Yeah. Okay. Not the microwave. My top three before you get to your extravaganza over there. <laughs> your top three. Are we going one for one or are you just going to go three and then I'll get to my uh, heaps? No, I'll just go three and then you can get your heaps. Mm-hmm. Okay. Number three. It's it. I'm lumping the meat industry all in with one. So snags, oh. steak, ah. roast. No. What? No. Steak? No. You no. idiot. If darling you, said. <laughs> it, we'll get to darling in a minute. No. Slice it up. Put it in the microwave. Oh. Put it in a kebab. Put some spicy mayo in there. Bit of lettuce. Bit of pickle. And you got yourself one epic wrap. Okay? No. Don't give me a no. Thai. Number two. Yeah, it's in there for me. Yeah. It's in there for it's me. Spectacular. <laughs> but not as spectacular. I think it's, it's got to be on everyone's list. Number one pizza. Yeah. So versatile. You can reheat it. You can put it in the oven again. You can just have it cold. Cold or hot? I don't know. I don't care. Depends on the day. Depends how you feel. Depends how quick you want Daniel. Correct. Daniel. Go. <laughs> if you're really hungry. You're like, so oh, I can't wait 45 seconds for this thing to heat up. And you can bring it back to life as well. So you can add extra cheese, add yeah, extra ham, yeah. extra sauce. Next thing you know, it's better than last night. It's just beautiful. Just beautiful. Uh, Nick? I got nine. <laughs> you got nine. <laughs> I, could, I could only do three. I, I got nine. Do. Or, or do you want to do text? Uh, text. I okay, firstly, Mark the Shark. Snags and lasagna. Yes, lasagna, okay. Snags. Yeah. Well done, Mark the Shark. You got on the list. Michaela from Blackwoods. Darling. Hi, darling. Worst leftover steak. Hey, Michaela, get stuffed. Best Chinese no, or cold there, there's pizza. There's a story well to done. this steak. There's a story to this steak, though. Thanks, darling. Okay. The story to the steak is, is that... Oh, you know Michaela from Blackwoods, do you? Yeah. Yeah. That's my darling. Yeah. It's Jaden's sister. Who is, okay. Michaela was my plus one so I could go over there and hang out in COVID. <laughs> She's my significant other. Fair enough. Anyway, the steak was first hit by the fire extinguisher. <laughs> <laughs> when it was originally cooked. As it was cooking. Yeah. Oh, Old barbecue went up. Oh, no. <laughs> is this your fault? No. Nah. Her fault? Brett's fault. Michaela comes running out with fire extinguisher. <laughs> Hit steak. We're like, don't worry about the fire. Let's let us get us this, the steak off first and the sausages. But yeah. no. So then we're like, oh, what are we going to do for dinner? Brett then takes said steak and sausages in and washes them. Tell you what you should have done. And then puts them in the air fryer to <laughs> bring it back to life. And? And we, had a, and we had a beautiful meal. I would have just put some hot English mustard on it. You wouldn't have tasted yeah, a did. thing. We used the radish down there at um, 
at Blackwoods. Uh, and leftover Chinese from the night before, oh. class food. Chinese, yeah, it's pretty good. Not as good as Thai, I reckon. So, and from the Oatly Magpie, best leftovers meal is a cold KFC the next oh, day for lunch. Oh, iron guts. That's, <laughs> that's, uh, well, that is just fraught with danger. You go straight and get some emodium just to, uh, <laughs> just to any make sure. Plugs or whatever. Fair okay, enough, I I got, okay leftover. And this is contentious, but ham. I'm yeah. talking Christmas. Christmas, okay, uh, yeah, once lefto- a year. Uh, uh, so ham, nuggets. Yeah, you're a nugget. Yeah. Sausage rolls. No. At seven. No. Sausage rolls. Pastry I'll around it. a story it. later no. in for that. Ruined uh, it. Thai. Yes. Six. Bing. Snags at five. Yep. Lasagna at four. Yeah, it's all right. Spaghetti bowl at three. Yep. Chinese at two. Mm, pizza, at, pizza at one. Pizza at one. Well done. Well done. I'm not sure about the Chinese. Wait for my sausage roll story. It's heartbreaking. <laughs> it's just a heartbreaking story. With lasagna, just a point. I put you tomato got sauce you, on it. Well, you've got to slice it up. You gotta slice it up more, so you get nothing. Otherwise, it's piping hot. It's like the, <laughs> the temperature of the sun on the outside, and on the then inside like you're on outer flavor. space yeah, on the yeah. inside. So yeah, yeah there's a tactic to it. But there's one for our mowers. What reheat in the air fryer? Okay. Tip: Maybe you can bring it up with our lawn expert later on. You can trade trade tips. We're off to a quick break. Adam Hills is on the way. I'm off to go and get a coffee and bacon egg roll, and somehow be back here in three and a half minutes. See you soon. Visit toromowersclub.com.au to win a Toro mower and heaps more. Welcome to the Saturday Morning Mowers Club on SEN with Adam Peacock and Nick Davis. Welcome back to the Mowers Club. Great to have your company in the uh, second hour. Thanks to Toro Mowers, powered by 100 years of innovation. Now, there's uh, a big event happening this weekend. Uh, Four clubs, South Newtown, Sydney Roosters and West Tigers are taking part in the New South Wales Physical Disability Rugby League competition. Now, a man who is passionate about this particular strain of rugby league and rugby league in general, um, he's here back in Australia... Happy to say he hasn't lost his Australian accent as well, even though he stars on English television weekly. Adam Hills, how are you, mate? I'm very tempted to go, all right, me lad, how you doing? All right. <laughs> all right, geezer. <laughs> all right, geezer, top of the morning to you all. Uh, no, I'm fine, thank you. <laughs> Excellent. Um, yeah, so you're, you're involved in this weekend. Tell us more about uh, what appears to be on the surface a, a bloody good um, idea. Well, so Physical Disability Rugby League started up about 10 years ago in Australia. A guy called George Tonner, who represented Australia in the Paralympics playing soccer, wanted to play the sport he really loved, which was rugby league. So he set up the, this, this um, league here uh, in Sydney, and the rules are slightly different to, um, to first-grade rugby league. So there's nine aside. It's a slightly narrower pitch. Um, there are two two players on the team who are in red shorts, so they can't be tackled and they don't make tackles. They're just tagged. So they might be that, that way it opens it up to people with acquired brain injuries or spinal injuries. There's often an able-bodied player on the pitch, but they're there just to facilitate. They're not allowed to run more than 10 metres with the ball or bus tackles or score tries. And then the rest of it is a bit of everything. There's like cerebral palsy, there's arms missing, there's legs missing, there's vision impairments. Um, I first found out about it in about 2017, but because I was based in London, um, I had found out that Warrington was starting up England's first disability rugby league team. So I went up there to you know, help and promote and ended up playing. So I've been playing with Warrington for the past four years 
but on Sunday I'm going to get to play for the Rabbitohs for the first time, which hey. is the team I grew up following. Well, Adam, is there a chance? Can, can, is there a contact at the Sydney Roosters that I can go through? Because the don't get tackled, don't have to tackle anyone, <laughs> and don't run any more than ten meters really appeals to me. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, I can put you in touch. Yes. We had um, so Warrington for a while had Sean Briscoe, former England player, as our, as one of our able-bodied players, and. In the games we played, I mean, we came out here and we played against the Rabbitohs at the ANZ Stadium in 2018, and Andrew Johns played for us, uh, as did Matt King. We've had Lee Breers, Gary Schofield all take part. So, yeah, it's open yes. to... <laughs> I mean, and all in varying states of fitness. So, depending on where you fit in there, you might be perfect. What does this do? You see, at the moment, Dylan Alcott is out there, which is great um, from a disability point of view for, for heightened awareness and everything is Australian of the Year. And and he speaks wholeheartedly about the fact that I where I sit, literally, is yeah. what gives me so much joy because I've been able to, to, to help people who are in a similar situation to me. What does this do for people who ordinarily might think, you know what, I can't partake in my favourite sport. I love watching the footy, but I'll never play footy. What, what does that do? Do you know what? I was talking to one of the guys. So I went up to Sydney last week for training and um, one, of the, one of the blokes there I kept in touch with because he did his hamstring. So I was just checking he was all right. And we were just talking about how much we've both got out of this. And for him, he said, you know, when, you, when you've got a disability, you don't, it's not just not being able to play the sport that you love, which is rugby league, but you rarely get to play a team sport when you've got a disability. And there's something that you, you, you know as well as I do, there's something that comes from being in a team, that, that environment, that sense of friendship and mateship. And, you know, my Warrington teammates, all through, all through the lockdowns, we, we, all, we had a WhatsApp group. We were all checking in on each other. We were there for each other 24-7. So it's not just the chance to play the sport that you love. It's the chance to be surrounded by, you know, a group of people that you put your body on the line for week in and week out. So... As much as, as I mean, to put it into perspective, we finished our season in England finished in September last year, but we've been training ever since because we just want to. It's you know, it's as much for mental health as physical health. So it's it's huge. I can't overstate the benefits of this for people with disabilities. Uh, It's Cabramatta Rugby League Club. Adam, tell us a little bit more about the day and the structure and and how it's all going to run. So Sunday, 10.30, uh, I'll be playing for the Rabbitohs against the Newtown Jets. And then I think it's 11.45, it's the West Tigers against the Sydney Roosters. Um, and then I think two weeks later at Leichhardt Oval, we're playing an exhibition game for the City versus Country. So I think there'll be a City versus Country PDRL as well. Um, and it's on every few weeks. I mean, I keep tweeting about it, but they've got a Facebook page, New South Wales PDRLA. Um, I mean, at the very least, we might have to shorten that, that acronym. But, um, yeah, it's, uh, and, it, and you know what? If you come and watch, everyone who watches Disability Rugby League is, becomes addicted to it because they turn up, two things happen. They turn up thinking it's going to be a bit of, you know, hit and giggle and everyone's going easy on each other. And within two or three tackles, they realise they're not. There are some proper hits going on. And everyone just loves the joy and the atmosphere created by it. So, you know, if you're around, come on down because I think you'll, you'll become addicted. Do, are the roosters under the salary cap? <laughs> <laughs> they won't be if I turn up. 
<laughs> it's um it's different with disability sport. It doesn't go on the salary cap. It's on how how many uh, disability payments you receive per week from the government. Oh, the NDIS. Fair enough. <laughs> fair enough. Which can be tricky to navigate. The yeah. if you navigate that, you you're doing yeah. actually very. Joey very well. Manu's the Roosters able body player, and he's getting paid eight hundred thousand to play on the weekend. <laughs> oh dear. Oh, well, dear. I mean, listen, Ang- Angus Crichton famously, you know, had one of his fingers amputated. I mean, technically, he could play disability as well. Absolutely, absolutely. A, a quick one on your, <laughs> your your other love, which is South Sydney, um, the team that played last night and, and bashed up Manly quite convincingly in the end. Uh, what's your take on uh, how they're going at the moment? Oh, I think they're really finding their feet without Adam Reynolds. Um, you know, without Reynolds, Jaden Sewer and Dane Gagai, three pretty big names in the team. But little bit by little bit, you've got people like Lachlan Elias and um, Blake Taft stepping up every week. And I think they're doing, and considering that they're also without Latrell Mitchell at the moment, I think they're doing all right. They've got, I don't know, they, they sh- once, they, once they stop making mistakes, which they seemed to last night, there's a lot of spirit in that club. And I think, I think it bodes well for the future in particular that the, the, young, the, the new young names are doing, you know, are holding their own. And yourself, mate, you're um, back from the UK, obviously, at the moment, still going strong over there. How long have you been over there and, and being part of the, the, the television scene for a while? Yeah, well, we started doing the last leg over there for the 2012 Paralympics, and we thought it was just going to be 10 nights. And then at the end of that, Channel 4 kind of said, well, do you want to come back every week and talk about the news? And the three of us were like, no, nah. <laughs> we don't want to talk about the news. And Channel 4 went, well, you're the perfect people to talk about it because you can explain it to, to those who don't really understand it. So we've been doing that since 2012, but but I'm back at the moment doing Spicks and Specs. We've, we've just, we're, we just did our first episode last night of a new run of 10. So so that I think Spicks and Specs will never go away. I reckon we'll be doing it when we're 80. I catch it sometimes, Spicks and Specs, when I'm on the, the old episodes. when like the, I think they still yeah. show them on one of the old ABC multi-channel ones. And you... You, you can pick what year it is by virtue of what everyone's wearing. And there's some, like you look at the middle 2000s, it wasn't a very good time for, you know, fashion and, and a, a few haircuts in there. And I, I do wonder when I look at some of the haircuts of today, you think, how are we going to view this in 10 years time? I, I don't think it's going to be well. Oh my goodness. Yeah. I mean, the fashion, do you know what I'm, I, I feel like I'm wearing quite fashionable clothes right now, but mm. it's entirely possible. Yeah. People are going to look back and go, what blazers and jeans? What on earth? We Pocket squares? Who thought pocket squares were a good idea? Right now, it feels stylish. Well, Nick's in tracksuit pants and slides, so <laughs> I don't care what year it is. It's radio, the, the joy and the beauty of radio, my friend. Um, Adam, one Absolutely. more one more before we let you go. Ambassador for the 2021 uh, Rugby League World Cup. What's happening on that scene? Is, is it all going ahead or um, now that it's 2022, it is, isn't it? Do you know what? In a, in a really weird way, I think a year's delay actually helped it. With with everything that was going on with COVID, it was going to be tricky last year. I mean, clearly to get all the teams there. And I know the Australia, New Zealand teams were worried. But there really seems to be um, a lot of momentum for it this year. And Channel 4 in the UK just picked up the rights to 10 Super League games. So as on top of everything else, I've actually been presenting Channel 4 Super League coverage in England. Oh, good. Um, so it's and it's the first time Super League's been on terrestrial television. So between that and the World Cup uh, starting to build up, there's a lot of um, attention around the women's game in the UK at the moment and the wheelchair rugby league game, which is different to murder ball that you see at the Paralympics. And it's I actually think it's better because it sticks closer to the rules of rugby league. So 
between all of that and what they what they're doing, which is great over there, is they want to make this the most inclusive World Cup ever. So they're they're putting the women's game and the wheelchair game on the same level as as the men's game. So it feels like there's a real um, a really strong kind of three pronged rugby league World Cup that's going to happen, and hopefully a disability rugby league World Cup as well. Um, I've uh, Sean Briscoe. It turns out I'm now eligible for England because I've lived there for so long, and Sean Briscoe was was quite keen for me to possibly declare for England, mm. but uh, I've declared for Australia. So now what we've got to do is find some funding. So if there's any sponsors listening that want to sponsor the Australian Disability Rugby League team, please get in contact because uh, it's going to cost us a lot to get over there. Yeah, or anyone at NRL headquarters uh, listening, maybe just take one out of the bunker each weekend and that could maybe pay for a lot of things. So, um, Adam Hills, really appreciate your time this morning. Uh, have a great weekend out there at Cabramatta. Play and, well. Um, play well and stay healthy. <laughs> Cheers. I'll do my best to do all of those things. Adam Hills joining us on the Saturday Morning Mowers Club. Back in a moment with you now. Visit torromowersclub.com.au to win a Toro mower and heaps more. This is the Saturday Morning Mowers Club on SEN with Adam Peacock and Nick Davis. Well, Nick Davis has lost his uh, concentration because they've jumped at Wanganui, <laughs> so uh, hopefully we'll get it back shortly <laughs> before the 8th at Taree. Dogs. Oh, by the way, it's hosing down outside. Oh, is it? Yeah. Yeah. Man. Absolutely hosing down. Don't need um, that. Good to hear from Adam Hills. Uh, like your thoughts as well on Yenars. We're just about to do some Yenars. Um, what you thought you saw through the week and you thought, no, nah, that's actually no good. That's that, no good. That's no good. Text in on the text line 0457 736 736. It can be about anything. It can be about sport. It can be about life or sport and life. <laughs> 0457 736 736. Here we go. It's time for... Yeah, no. Yeah, no. No, yeah, no, yeah, no. Got it. Nailed it in one. Nick, you can start us. I'm going to start. I'm going to start with the voice. I'm going to yeah, nah, the voice. Yeah, nah, the voice. Yep. Great show. Yeah. Robbie Dolan, the Robbie jockey. Dolan, excellent. Standing. Very good. Very good. Mm-hmm. But. But. I remember early days of the voice. Yeah. I want to see more people that can't sing. <laughs> <laughs> every, every, it's a, everyone's a chair. Everyone's a chair turn now. Everyone. There's no, oh, are they, aren't they, aren't they? I want people that mm. can't sing on there. Uh, I think that there's just too much of a filtering process before they get to the... How are the ratings going? I don't know. Uh, uh, well, I watch it. Well, no, what I'm saying is, do the ratings reflect the lurch towards positivity only? No, As in, it's, everyone it's wants to hear someone that can't No, sing. but like... No, I'm with you. Yeah, so hmm, it'll be based on that. Like we, it's not very fun. But we've all got enough negativity in our lives. It's Do not we really being negative. I just want to laugh at someone that can't sing. <laughs> so but I, isn't isn't the point of the voice, it's like mentorship for singers. Yeah, Whereas, but I reckon these people get or, filtered out. Yeah, well, because we That'd don't be see a, the auditions, though, do we, on The I mean. Voice? Yeah, we need see to that. see more auditions. I want to see that. Because that was Comedy Central. The Comedy Central. That was more Idol, though, wasn't it? Australian, Australian Idol, Idol, yeah. American Idol. I reckon Idol. Early, Even, voice, early Voice. Like, uh, Australia's got talent as well. You mm. used to see some the non-talented people get on, and God, that was funny. Gibbo, sorry to do this to you, but can yeah. you just have a little look and just satisfy his needs over there? Just find one really bad one from Australian Idol or Australian... Oh, yeah. I model. already know yeah. which one <laughs> it is. Oh, have you seen the She Bang one? <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
Stand by. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll do some more yeah and ask. Uh, have you okay. got another one? Uh, no, you go. Oh, right, quick one. Um, just lurched outside to get a coffee quickly. Um, they put almond milk in, not regular milk. It's a bit of a yenna. It's a minor yenna. I appreciate the, the coffee. It tastes good still, but it's just got that tinge of nuttiness. I'm that a nil by coffee me, but mm. do you have to normally ask for almond milk or? Yeah, I think I said my name and then they thought Adam was almond. So I think that's what's happened. <laughs> What's that happened? I don't know. I don't know. They're busy. They're busy. That's all right. Uh, here we go. Talk to me. <laughs> Tell me your name. Please. You blow me off like it's all the same. You lit it fierce and I'm taking away like a bomb. Yeah, baby. She bangs. She bangs. <laughs> Oh, baby, this is like you. Moves, this is what moves. I want. Belinda Carla. This is like you with Belinda Carla. By the way, Gibbo, I've been getting texts out of nowhere. All of a sudden, he'll start texting me a picture of Belinda Carlisle on the car radio, as in like the the name of the song and everything. Yep, Nick's singing away to his favourite yeah, uh, Belinda Carlisle song. Guys, I wasn't actually here that week, but I was listening in. You guys mm. were asking about best karaoke mm. songs. Karaoke. Yeah. Sorry, guys. So, karaoke. Yeah. Karaoke. Are you using your phone during the week, Nick? That's bloody surprising. <laughs> Before oh, yeah, Thursday? That's the sort of stuff we're looking for. You know, some rank sort of Australian Idol yep. auditions. Yeah, no. Nah. Cool. Um, Matthew Letizia was one of the most skillful football players, played for Southampton, scored some ridiculous goals back in the day. Um, he's, there's uh, opinion about him now, right now, because he's, given scientists a rattle up, given what's happened in the last couple of years, governments as well, basically COVID sceptic. Yeah. And he's gone to town on it and he's kind of become a controversial figure over there in the UK. Article about him here. As critics continue to frequently shun his views, Letizia has given no indication of halting his mission to tear down the system. His pride over being an individualist stems from his playing days as he added that he was once the only Southampton player not to drink beer, instead preferring Malibu, the kind of decision which demonstrates, as he puts it, his strong character. Yeah, nah. I used to drink Malibu, and I didn't use it as a badge of honour to say I'm a strong character. (laughs) It's the most unstrong character drink going around, I reckon. Malibu and Coke. Malibu and Coke. Nothing wrong with that. Yeah, but it's not like makes me a strong character. So who are you, who are you for, again, Ari? Yeah, him. Him? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> for, for saying that because he drinks Malibu, he's got hairs on his chest and he's really strong and that's a conviction type personality that he needs to carry on with his uh, thoughts on tearing down the system. Another one. Boris Becker's accountant. Poor Boris. <laughs> he's copped it. Oh, he's off to jail. And he? He comes to Brucing. <laughs> I spoke to him a couple of months ago. Boris? Yes. He was inquiring because we used to work with him on Australian television for Fox at Wimbledon. He's actually a good, fun-loving guy that just isn't very good with his money, unfortunately. And he's off to jail because he didn't declare what he should have when he declared bankruptcy. Okay. Um, some of his trophies went missing and properties didn't get declared. Understand the one. He's got a property in Germany where his mum lives. He didn't want to give that up. His darling mum. That was harsh, but uh, yeah. Poor Did he put it in her name? Uh, or it's in her name? I'm not sure. I'm not sure. But Boris and Numbers, unfortunately, 
Yeah, nah. Nah, yeah, nah, yeah, nah. Sad story. Got another one? Yeah, I got one before we, you can read the text out because I can't read. Um, recency bias. What? In form of people. What? Go e- everything What's it called? Recency biased. Everyone is all about the right here, right now. Talakai. That's a psychological assessment. That's not recency bias. It's recency something that bias. you r- read in a, like a paper with well, someone yeah doing a PhD. Naring, I am yeah naring recency bias. Yeah. I, I, I'm not disputing your yeah nah nomination. I'm disputing the fact that the you're intelligent it, enough. The depth of it. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> Recency Sorry, bias. continue. Are you with me there? Yeah, <laughs> nah. Yeah, absolutely. This whole week they've been talking about Talakai versus Stags, and it's like... And it's not his origin. fault. It's it, not, it's not fault his fault. It is all. not his fault at all. But he's a great player. Really good. And is, But the recency bias <laughs> yeah. and the narratives... Oh, and they're, and they're so Gibbo. quick. Like, so quick. Every show, whether at radio, whether at TV, they were talking about Talk Talakai origin, origin. And it's like, we're getting a bit ahead of ourselves. One yes. sandwich doesn't make a picnic, my friends. Like, it was Talakai. half a sandwich. It was half a game because exactly they put cooler right. on him in the second half and he barely went near it. He didn't need to go near it. But, yeah, I'm but sorry. You know, the strange thing about that game as well is Cronulla didn't really give him good ball much, but... In the limited opportunities he did get, he made a few tackle bars, offload. In the, the Brisbane game. Line break. Yeah, yep. sorry. The Brisbane game on Thursday night. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I agree with you 100%. And it always happens before origin time because there are contenders. And it's just, yeah, but that's it must part be of such it, an easy beat. But yeah, it's, Talakai, a, it's an easy story to write. And it's probably, yeah, you're going to read it because it's front and it's center recent. of it's recency <laughs> bias. Recency bias. Well, who I'm should be knowing. the centers? Um,. I don't know. Uh, Tony Staggs, Stephen Crichton, Crichton, I think a bit. And even last night, Campbell Graham was Campbell really Graham. good. And he and I know Freddie likes those players. Head. No, he, he's not Campbell as good. He's, he's, been, good. In, he's, he's been, been in and around the system. And so is Stephen Crichton. He's last walked year. on the grass with shoes off. So I think it would be a toss-up between those two. If Tommy Turbo comes back fit, he's a shoe-in. This is what I'm yeah, knowing Tommy Turbo playing Origin. Why? First up in the state of origin. Yeah, brilliant. So he gets injured again and disappears from Manly. Well, I think one team's a little more important than Manly, Adam. Don't think so. But yeah, you are right. Actually, I'm yearnaring this. What? The heavily skewed views that origin is more important than club football. Mm. Not to the fans of said clubs. What do you Ask think? a Roosters fan. If Teddy does something in origin, gets injured, he's gone for eight weeks. What's more important? A game of origin? Or Teddy gone for your team for eight weeks. There's prestige that comes with playing Origin, and especially yeah. Teddy as well. He's a New South Wales captain. They get eighty thousand dollars each game. It's not that much were, anymore. I know it's not that much, but there's not a when lot you know of Nick benefits. Not It's not that much. Well, there's a lot of benefits to playing Origin. The prestige. Yeah, not prestige. for the oh, of the dollar. Not for the, what I'm <laughs> yeah. not for the fans. Is not. Oh, yeah, but well, that's yeah. A, you're just being a doomsdayer. I'm not being a doomsdayer. You are. Well, it's it's Origin's doomsdayer. great unless someone gets hurt. And then it's not great. I watch Origin, and I like it, but I'm mainly looking at it to say Manly players don't get hurt. That's how I watch Origin. Doomsday. 
It's not Doomsday. Doomsday. Yeah, well, Tommy Turbo could stay on the field. Then, he, can do a, he can do a sprint <laughs> down the Corso and get injured, mate. You're going to watch oh. him 24 hours a day. Right, we got to ban Manly Corso here, guys. No more hotel stay. No more <laughs> Ivanhoe because Tommy Turbo got injured at front of Corso. No one deleted. I thought it, you were banning it because your eyes were getting twitchy. <laughs> you think about heading down there right now. You must only walk. There's some speed limits on there. You must only walk down there. I'm year now new for being a doomsdayer of state of origin. I'm yeah-narring you for not taking into account fans and their allegiances. It's a yeah, nah, yeah, nah. Do they cancel each other out? Just hit them. Yeah, nah. Yeah, yeah, nah, yeah, nah. <laughs> we, got all of them. we got all of them. Look at the crossover. Uh, one on the text line. Yeah, nah, morning legends. My yeah, nah comes from the NRL bunker. Once a try is awarded, the bunker gets a chance before the goal kicker has a shot to check if the try is all good. He has a good minute or two and plenty of camera angles to make his call. Once the call is made, why do we then, as a fan, have to re-watch it? It's obviously not going to be a try, otherwise he wouldn't have interfered. It's time-wasting. Yeah, nah. Nathan, I agree with you. If you can't make your decision as the as the bunker, by the time the kicker gets back, and it should be an allotted minute and a half, just stick with the on-field decision. And get on with life. I reckon, boys, in the time of technology, that it should be like the voice of Australian Idol mm. app on your phone. <laughs> everyone that's sitting at home, vote. Everyone that's sitting at home, you log in and you vote. Last, try or no try. <laughs> last year, uh, the NRL did that. They did that on the app with KFC. It was like a KFC promotion. And every time it went up to the bunker, you could put in your decision and they would display what people thought. How right was it, the population? Oh, not really. It was There'd be a lot of recency bias in that. Absolutely. I wonder if KFC are on a pro rata sponsorship deal. Absolutely. Hmm. Did you not know that? Saturday conspiracy. Did you not know that? Oh, it's public knowledge that they've got to get a certain amount up to the bunker. But once they get to that number, oh, then they, they just get, award dry. Do they get more? No. Out of no. 12 oh. in a game as opposed to six in a game? Uh, but I reckon there's a minimum chips. Hmm. Interesting. Visit torromowersclub.com.au to win a Toro mower and heaps more. This is the Saturday Morning Mowers Club on SEN with Adam Peacock and Nick Davis. Yeah, welcome back uh, to the Mowers Club. Great to have you company on a Saturday morning. Yes, Tex? After the try is scored, it's up to the kicker to kick it quickly, I think, in in conversion. So if the goal kicker does it, but this gives the bunker... That way, the kick. If he kicks a goal, bad luck, bunker. No, the on-field ref tells the goal kicker that he can't. He stops it up, but he stops. That's it from uh, the Rattler as he uh, signs off. Mark Spud Carroll, member of the uh, SEN crew here with Rugby League, like the idea, Spud. Just get on with life. Full stop. And watching the Brisbane Broncos uh, Sharks game, Nico Hines didn't have the best game with his hands. His hair looked particularly wet. Do you think this had an impact, Rob? No. Maybe none. Yeah. League boys. They put the spray on the league boys. Ah, okay. Fair enough. Joining us now to talk a bit of basketball, uh, legend of Australian basketball and the Sydney Kings semifinals game two against the Hawks this Sunday at 2.45 p.m. Uh, Ticketek, uh, you can find some tickets. Adults, $28. Families, just $58 for a playoff game. That's pretty good value. Go there to Ticketek. Shane Hill joins us right now. Hammer, how are you, mate? Yeah, very well, boys. How are you? There he is. The coach of the most serious... <laughs> Charity sports team 
in the world. He's going worldwide. He's taking his team on the road. Hammer, what happened last week, man? <laughs> what, a, what happened? Oh, it was an ass kicking. That's what happened. I know. <laughs> I'm coming back. Carfino's, we took care of Carfino's team, and he's been sooking it up ever since. <laughs> Hasn't he? Hey, no, we uh, we had a lot of fun. We raised 50 grand for uh, Starlight, so it was all for charity. And, uh, you know, guys like Nick Kyrgios came along. And our man, Jamie Showered and, and uh, Dan Ewing, they all, all put in. And uh, But I hope next year we can build it up and, and get a few more serious basketball players so uh, Nick's got somebody to play against a little bit more seriously. Yeah, I'm coming back. Oh, yeah? I am. Yeah. I'm well, coming back. But you'll go on his team. No, you? I'm not going to stay. No, it's how he stacked his team. <laughs> I'm not. Uh, uh, uh. No, no, no. Yeah. But, look, I mean, all serious. Like, Nick Kyrgios is a very good basketball player. Yes. And if he goes there and just stuffs it up, then people and people would go, oh, look, Nick Kyrgios didn't go there and take it seriously, Nick Kyrgios. But, and, like, he's on a hiding to nothing, the poor dude. He can't win. There, there he is can't no win. Doubt. He can't win. He can't win because if he goes there, and he, he didn't cross the line. You know, and Steve's a good mate of mine, but I'm oh, just totally against what he was saying because he, he wasn't he, – all he did was play basketball. Yeah. And, um, you know, he wanted to have a crack. And you're right. If he goes there and he doesn't play well, and everyone goes, oh, you talk up, you're a good basketball, and you're really not that good. But, yeah. uh, no, I thought he was great, and he was in the spirit of the game, and we raised money, and uh, – it, it uh, created a, a whole lot of talking points for people getting to the game early. The crowd was great. Yeah, it, well, that's what you get with Nick as well. So no, he's got a he's got a pure shooting technique, and yeah, he's he's just good on the ball. And um, did but did he block Miss World shot? Did that actually happen? No, I don't think so. Yeah. He, okay. he went after the premier. He got the, the premier. premier. Let me tell you, the, he got the premier, and, and he was great too. Like he was having a crack. You know, he's not the best player, but he gave it 100%. It was, uh, he was into it, and it was a lot of fun. And uh, I love the fact that he said, nah, not in this key way. We'll throw that, that out right now. Yeah, cop that, Perite. The preseason starts for you guys when, Hammer? Uh, we're not back up until about August, <laughs> September. So in the recruiting mode, watching a lot of tape at the moment, trying to get the right imports for next season. But um they're very much inspired about our Sydney Kings right now. So, uh, yeah, good things happening. Yeah, on that last night. Um, so, it was jumping, the joint yeah. down there in Wollongong. It was a great atmosphere here through the television. And uh, in the end, the Kings got it done. How do they get it done? And, and can Gorge manufacture a way for the Hawks to, to turn things around tomorrow? Well, the, the pressure was on Illawarra. They had to hold serve with this first game. And the Kings rocked in there and had a 30-9 to nine second quarter just broke the game wide open and it was on the back of Jalen Adams the current MVP and uh, he had 30 points and shot the ball well created for his teammates then Clark came off the bench the NBA championship winning player and it's a luxury when you can have somebody like that that can come off the bench just drop 16 fit it nicely and uh, and the Kings are looking very good right now yeah they roll up again Sunday the Kings uh, it'll be a big game out there 245 you expect uh, a big crowd in attendance yeah, no, they're talking. There'll be ten or twelve thousand people there, and um, yeah, no, it's going to be it's going to be great. I mean, all the pressure again now on on Illawarra, and you know, I was lucky enough to win a championship with Brian Gorgian, so you know he's going to have his guys ready to go. They get they're going to come out and throw some haymakers, but I think the Kings are good enough to be able to uh, steady the ship and be able to get that done. And uh, what a matchup that would be in the grand final, Sydney versus Melbourne. That um, is exactly what the NBL would have ordered pre season. And, uh, geez, there'll be some eyeballs on that. 
the jack jumpers can ruin it, <clears throat> of course. Um, but the problem is, and, and we make the joke here, Shane, that each Saturday morning, the number of times we've come in on a Saturday morning on this show and read out the scores from the night before and we get to the NBL and the jack jumpers have had a win on a Friday night, but then you look that when they play on a Tuesday or they play on a Saturday, they play on a Thursday. They're hopeless. They're mud. They're, they're hopeless. So their problem was that they couldn't play a playoff game last night. So you'd you'd imagine, you'd think that Melbourne United progressed there against the uh, the plucky jack jumpers of Tasmania? Oh, no doubt. I mean, the, you know, I said it before the first game. Is They've been fantastic. It's a Cinderella story for them to get to the playoffs, but it's just a different ball game when you get to the playoffs versus regular season and coming with a whole lot of respect against the reigning champs and they're just too good defensively, Melbourne United. They couldn't be couldn't be beaten there on um, in the last game. And uh, you know, I think it's gonna be hard for the Jack Jumpers to score enough points against that sort of D. Uh let's get to the NBA playoffs. Oh yeah. Before we get to the playoffs, a team that is no longer in the playoffs involves one rather controversial figure. Ben Simmons. I'll just hand it over to you, Shane, and, and your take. You can riff about what you think of Ben, where's he's at, where he's at at the moment, and can he drag it back and, and get his career going again? Yeah, I mean, geez, you, you cast your mind back 12 months ago and they ran him out of town in Philly and were burning his jersey. And, you know, he did suck it up a little bit by, you know, demanding a trade and all the rest of it. And, and I thought once he got traded, then that was his chance to sort of make amends, to be able to come back with a new team, new beginning. And we don't know what's going on behind the scenes and what sort of mental health issues he's having because of all of this. And obviously there's some, um, but I was really disappointed that, he didn't get there just like his teammates were and all the rest of it to be able to just have a crack. And I think sometimes it becomes fear of failure, you know, such a build-up for him to be able to get back and then under the spotlight. And um, But they needed him and he could have played a really valuable role. So I hope he's got the right people around him to be able to get him going in the off-season, do the work that he needs to be able to get done because um, I think he's in a pretty good place and can play a really valuable role moving forward. Hey, you would have played against his old man, um Dave, who was down with the Melbourne Tigers back in the day, wasn't he, in, in the NBL? Like, is he getting much advice from, from him? I, I know, obviously, when he was developing, we, we saw Dave and he was around, but haven't seen much of the old man. Who knows what it takes to, to have a successful basketball career? Yeah, I mean, he, he's got big agencies. His dad's over there and, and sort of around him all the time. And, you know, you've got to question some of the advice that he's having. I don't know where it's coming from, but, you know, at different stages, he would have loved to have pulled him aside and said, mate, what are you thinking? Yeah. Uh, let's go. And even playing for the Boomers, you know, the amount of times he's teased us about playing for the Boomers. And, you know, a lot of people start talking about, oh, you know, we've got to recruit him. We've got to get Paddy to do this. I'm saying stuff that. <laughs> if you're going to recruit someone to play for your country, well, you're the wrong person. Like, you play for your country because you love it. You're, you know, you're prepared to sacrifice, like Joe Ingalls and Paddy Mills and these guys. And that's just not what he's been able to show or any sort of desire to be part of it. So... You know, he, he's got a lot to sort of make up, I think, to Australian basketball, and let's see whether he can get that done. Hammer, conference semifinals in the NBA are going to start. We've got one more uh, bracket to sort of work out, but the one I'm looking forward to is the Milwaukee-Boston series. It's going to be a beauty. Yeah, it will. Um, I've been on Milwaukee all year, but a bit of a worry with Middleton out for this series. This is a real danger series now for Milwaukee. I thought they would have probably breezed through had they had a full team, but... Uh, Boston have been unbelievably impressive and, um, you know, really looking forward to seeing whether they can continue on. But the team that I really love in the East is Miami. And uh, I cannot wait to see them absolutely give it to Harden and Philadelphia. <laughs> oh, I cannot wait for that. 
Not a big James Harden fan, Shane? Oh, I, I call him Haran because there's no D in, in, in Haran. <laughs> but, um, he, he, he drives me crazy. And, um, yeah, I, I just, I just uh, even as good as Embiid's been, I just think it's going to be difficult. I think he's, he's going to let him down. And Miami just plays such great team basketball, so much toughness there with Pat Riley. And Spolster has been able to build that team, Jimmy Butler, and they play with an attitude, but they play the right way. And over in the West, it's back to the future, the Golden State Warriors. Hey. Golden State Warriors. Everyone dust Every, off there. Everyone's <laughs> dusting off there. Everyone's dusting off their Steph Curry jerseys, and they're all back out. <laughs> Let's just, don't worry about the rest of the series. Let's just get straight to Phoenix and Golden State, because that is going to be um, that is going to be an unbelievable yeah. battle for um you know, for the Western end title. And, uh, you know, both have got so much talent. And the way Chris Paul's playing at the moment, while well, talking about winding back to clock, mm. he's been incredible. And um, so, yeah, that, that's going to be a great series when that eventuates. Shane Hill, always a pleasure to chat basketball with you, mate. Um, thank you for your time this morning. Enjoy the rest of the NBL and NBA playoffs and good luck with the recruitment. Yeah, good on you, boys. Thanks for having me on. Shane Hill joining us on the Mowers Club. Just before we go to a break, a bit of breaking news. Here we go. Hard-hitting breaking news. Carl Lawton, early plea, four matches for oh. last night. Eh. I thought three to four. Anything other than above four, harsh, because essentially last night was a match One. as well. One, so essentially it's five. Yeah, I'm... Hell yeah, I agree with that. It's, it's on the heavy end of the scale, but hey... Obviously, they don't want to see those tackles tomorrow. So, uh, yeah, you'd, you'd imagine he's taking the early play there. I'm not sure what the loading is. If he doesn't, if he fights, it's probably five if he fights it and loses. So we're off to a quick break on the Mowers Club. Back in a moment, AFL TV media rights. Really interesting th- story through the week about a new player in Australia. Visit toromowersclub.com.au to win a Toro Mower and heaps more. This is the Saturday Morning Mowers Club on SEN with Adam Peacock and Nick Davis. Great to have your company. Uh, we hey. need that noise. What? The reversing truck noise. <laughs> what for? There, thank you. Well done. Our production team for getting that done so quickly. Uh, the almond milk. Yeah, it was, wasn't too bad, actually. <laughs> <laughs> the coffee. They mistaken, if you're just joining us, they mistakenly put almond milk in my coffee and I went, oh, yeah, that's a yeah, nah. But um, actually went down okay. Anyway, uh, through the week, news broke and it didn't hit Sydney too hard because it's AFL and obviously front and centre up here is, is rugby league. But if this was a rugby league story about the TV rights, it would be all over everything. Apparently, well, not apparently, some AFL head honchos are over in the States at the moment just putting the feelers out to various parties about who might be interested in bidding for their next TV rights, which uh, the, the current cycle ends at 2024. So you, you, we're always thinking, oh, Amazon are going to get involved and YouTube and Google and when are they going to get involved? Well, apparently the front of these headlines was Paramount who at the moment uh, have the streaming service Paramount Plus, which carry a lot of the uh, domestic Australian soccer, football, mm-hmm. A-League, um, A-League women's, A-League men's. It's not just someone on the iPhone. Yeah. It's, it's, okay. a, it's an app that you can get and I'll rank it accordingly. It's honking. It's terrible at the moment. Because they've just started up. It feels like a rush. It's all offshore. There's no content around the games on it. Mm-hmm. The replays don't get put up. You can't stop rewind in the course of a game. It is so frustrating for a football fan. It has been a complete embarrassment mm-hmm. for the game here because they've been treated 
along the lines of contempt by the people who said they were going to provide them a broadcast yeah. service. Anyway, that's by the by. So they've got to be very careful, AFL. They'd have to have discussions that they're going to kind of upscale the standard, mm-hmm. if you like. But what do you make of all this? What does it mean in the grand scheme of things, Nick? Oh, it's going to mean a lot of money into the game. I think that's uh, the important thing. Broadcast rights provide a lot of funding, um, obviously, for players that play now, junior development, this, that, and the other. My my thought on this is, and, and as a football watcher, and, and whatever code of sport that I watch or whatever it is, is I'm, you just sort of want your one-stop shop where you can – Get all your. Oh, tell me about it. All your things. You don't want to be having to flick channels over and and try and find this and try and find that. And look, I, I understand the models that they're trying to that all the codes are trying to get the best part. And I think the AFL a few years ago when they they split up the digital and all this sort of different bit and and they're trying to get as much revenue in as they can, but. I just think as as a viewer and someone that watches sport, no matter what it is, you just want to have a one-stop shop where you can go, yeah, well, I want to I want to watch this channel or I want to go to this yeah. service or subscriber and be able to just watch everything and not have to flick around and try and find what you want. Well, as a football fan, soccer fan, if you're a big football fan, you need Optus, KO, Paramount Plus, Stan. Yeah, exactly. To watch it all. To watch so it all. At the moment, AFL, in that respect, is lucky. It's only got... Fox Stroke KO or Channel 7. A bit of the gripe is that... But Channel Chan- 9 do AFL shows. shows. That's what I was going to make. In Caroline Wilson's um, article, she said oh, that, that it's viewed that Channel 7 has let the game down AFL by cutting all their magazine shows. Well, if you're Channel 7, it actually makes sense because you want the others, like Fox do such a great job with all those magazine shows through the week and, you know, it keeps the discussion going. Well, Fox going. have to because they're a, That's a, they've got a 24... That is a footy channel. Footy channel. Channel 9 do help do Channel 7's job by promoting the game, having shows through the week. The Great Hutchie hosts one of them yep. as well. Um, footy Classified, I think it is, down there on a yep. Monday. So that helps... That helps Channel 7's game coverage because everything points towards that. And they probably think, well, you know what? We're not going to spend the money because you don't make much money on magazine shows. Yep. It, it doesn't bring in any extra revenue. It's not like a, wow, let's do a show and we're going to make all this money. It doesn't happen. And for a free-to-air network, it's all based on advertising. Yep. It's it's just not going to work financially for them. So you can see why they do it. What you can't work out is why it's not in the contract that they have to do it. The AFL can put that in contract to say you have to do three shows a week. Yeah, I think instance. that's what the AFL are upset about with Channel 7. But then they... That the host broadcaster is not... But they've moved some of their shows to digital platforms, Channel 7. So they only show it on, like, you know, they do Twitter shows and Facebook shows and things like that. So that's the changing landscape. But it's how shifting hard is so that heavily. For, it is shifting, but a lot of the, the generation of football supporters is not... Well, that's the all tricky o- thing. All over that yet. Because the generations are so split. So the younger generations are all across They know you. how to find that. Yeah. Your older generations. No. Why, why can't I watch this? Well, you have to you have to press this and press that and then go into it and you need a streaming service. What? So it, it's difficult at the moment. So it'll be fascinating to see where it lands. What it will land. Wherever it lands, it's going to be a massive payday for the AFL. Totally. But does it end up on YouTube? As a revenue share with the AFL, with advertising, who knows? Uh, the music would suggest that we've got to get to the news. Does it, Gibbo? Oh, he's ramped it right up. Uh, we'll get off now and we'll be back with our third hour. <laughs>
Visit torromowersclub.com.au to win a Toro mower and heaps more. Welcome to the Saturday Morning Mowers Club on SEN with Adam Peacock and Nick Davis. See, slow version to start the third hour. Don't know, I think it's just you. I'm telling you, weird. Anyway, uh, welcome back to the Mowers Club. Thanks to Toro Mowers. And uh, don't forget, check out the website, toromowersclub.com.au. So that's toromowersclub.com.au. Want a 10 Toro prize packs with a total value of over or nearly four and a half grand, including you win a mower. You, you do. win a Toro mower. Now, I know that's not great in Sydney right now because it's mud central and it's hosing down, but we're going to get three or four days of sunshine early next week. And even though it's May, the turf will be just thriving and it'll be a good time to get out for a cut. This is our regular segment where we talk lawn. We talk maintenance. We all talk ideas. Things. All things horticulture. Joining us right now, direct from Brisbane, is Wally the Mad Turf Scientist. He joins us once again on the Mowers Club. Wally, morning, mate. How are you? Yeah, good, thanks, mate. Just uh, I just popped out from a uh, four-year-old's birthday party. It was all happening, mate. Um, it's on the turf, so... It's uh, on topic. So we were standing on some classic Queensland blue cooch up here in Brizzy, and uh, Spider-Man was uh, running around uh, doing activities with these kids, pulling ropes and whatnot. Can I just say, um, it's a pleasure to just help you out and extricate you from that situation, having been to a few of those over the years. Wally's joining (laughs) us for the rest of the hour. Good to have you on board, Matt. And he'll be back inside for the cleanup. Mate, uh, I've been mentioning the weather conditions down here in Sydney. Um, Just when we think we're going to get a break, it just hoses down again. The backyard at the moment is mud. It's. it's uh yeah it's a bit it's a bit of a struggling time for anyone trying to tend to their lawn or garden um you know i, I think if you look at it from um long standing averages and whatnot we've probably had i, I know bomb have come out and said we've had a, a lanina inside of lanina so like wetter than normal but wetter than normal conditions for a lanina so it's kind of unheard of it's it's unprecedented really um i don't think it's happened um in Sydney before the amount of rain that they've had um, or it, it hasn't been previously documented that amount before. It may have happened pre-bomb existence, but no, hasn't happened yet. Well, let's yeah. talk that then. If, you're, if you've got a gathering coming up, you've got a birthday or you've got whatever happening in your house, preparations for, okay, we've got to get the lawn right, it's pretty wet. What can you put down? What can you use to you know make sure that it doesn't turn into a mud pile by the end of your gathering. Yeah, good point. Um, okay, I'm actually just going through this right at the moment. So I've got my young fella's birthday in four weeks. Um, it's been pretty wet up here as well. And so I've actually just kind of cut my lawn down, so lower than what I'd normally cut it. And I've over-sown it with ryegrass. I've put fur down and I'm currently kind of letting the rain and, and irrigating it, letting it do its thing. And the rye should pop up. And so in, in kind of two weeks, the rye should look relatively good. And in another two weeks after that, so when the party's on, it should look like a really good lawn um, because it, mm. it's suited to these types of conditions. So the cooler weather, um, the amount of rain we're getting, it's perfect for germinating rye seed. Um, so that's one option. The other the other thing that the punters can look at is, is looking at aerating their lawn, so forking their lawn, um, there's not a lot else you can do other than 
um, avoidance. So <laughs> if you don't want to do things on your lawn, try not to host uh, a party or something on that section if you know it's it's a it's a boggy marsh. Uh, yeah. I, I love forking. It's the best. Most people's <laughs> lawns are forked anyway at the moment. Oh, <laughs> so satisfying. So you're not going to put a uh, a jumping castle. You're not going to do all this and then <laughs> whack a jumping castle on it and then it just flattens it and you've got this big brown patch in the middle of everything here, Wally. You've, you've thought this through. How are you going to do the kids' party and how is it going to survive that kids' party after all the tender loving care that you're well, going to give your lawn? I'm, I'm just playing the, the dumb dad role in that my wife is just, she does these parties that are just outrageous. So mm. everything is just over the top. So it's, it's my daughter. She's, um, she'll be one, my son will be four. And then one of our friends, it'll be his first birthday. So it's a joint three kids. Um, and it's going to be a carnival themed oh. and I have no idea what actually is happening. Oh, there's going to be a petting zoo there for sure. <laughs> yeah. Petting zoo, there'll probably be oh, a, a clown sure. or a... It's all happening. So i I'm just going along with it. I know the lawn's going to get destroyed, and um, it's the fun part of trying to fix it. Um, you know, I've, I've had a life. The lawn or the marriage? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, the, the, the lawn. Ah, cool. Um, <laughs> it's the fun. I've had a life of um, basically trying to kill turf. I, I used to. Uh, I used to do a lot of research on, on you know, uh, different turf grasses, like different types of grass. I did a lot of research on herbicides and various things um, and tested whether they would kill different grasses or whether they would work on different weeds and various things. So um, I'm used to, you know, playing around with, with grass. Hey, um, you're, the mob you work for, Wally, something to do with Wimbledon? There's a relationship there? Yeah, yeah. So the company I actually work for is ICL. Um, so ICL, um, essentially we're a potassium and phosphorus miner. Um, so all our, every, anyone that's used a fertilizer on lawn before, it's got to come from somewhere. Um, so the potassium and phosphorus of a lot of fertilizers comes from, uh, mines. And so, um, ICL essentially take it from the mines and then, um, develop it into technology. So back in the fifties, they invented controlled release fertilizer. So a fertilizer that has a coating on it, like a rain jacket. And over a period of time, based on the thickness of that coating, the fertilizer will drip out of that granule, um, and it'll give you um, the thickness will give you a different longevity. Obviously, the thicker it is, the greater that fertilizer will last. So, if anyone's used um, a control release before, that's essentially how it works. And so, we have a, a really extensive network of what I'd consider extension officers. So, they're guys that go out into the field and work with customers. And Wimbledon's perfect example um, where we would write the program for how to look after the turf on Wimbledon and how to use some of these unique technologies and how to get those surfaces up and going uh, because that's a really stressful um, site Wimbledon you think oh it's, yeah you know they they're shut for a really long period of time but when the actual tournament is on they have 14 days of just constant play on the one surface it's 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 like having 14 parties on your backyard. <laughs> 14 petting zoos. <laughs> yeah, well, 14 petting zoos, basically. Um, but uh, so it, it does require a really um, decent attention to detail and a really high level of um, technical expertise to, to deliver that. Yeah. Um, and it's surprising, you know, um, you watch any sport, you know, I've watched a couple of great games past couple of days, like watch the Bronx 
at uh, Suncorp and then last night watched the Tigers over at Optus Stadium. All of those facilities, so much goes into producing that surface to make that sport what it is. Well, it um, with, I think, you know... Yeah, sorry. Well, sorry, with mate. Wimbledon, they actually changed the grass, I think it was in the 90s when all these big servers were winning, so they had to slow it. They had to slow it up, so they actually started to... I don't know, breed or crossbreed the, the, the types of grasses in to just slow the surface down and make it a little bit more durable as well. But the, the main point was to just slow the ball down because it was going too quick and there were no rallies. Wimbledon's really interesting. So um, pretty much what into, like what underpins the grass types that end up on Wimbledon is actually entirely based on research. So there's a company called Sports Turf Research Institute and I actually used to work for them. So they have an arm in Australia that do research. And I was actually running a warm season grass trial for Wimbledon in Brisbane. Um, and it was Wimbledon were fund, funding it. But basically the way Wimbledon works is every year they have a, a trial um, up in Yorkshire. So there's a, a research station in, um, just near Harrogate in Yorkshire. And they basically test all these perennial ryegrasses. So these are the same grasses that go on the stadiums um, during winter in Australia. Um, and these perennial ryegrasses, they test them to the extremities of what, what would happen at Wimbledon. So how much usage they'd get. So they basically wear them out. They use a machine that wears them out. It's got kind of rubber soles on the bottom of it and it shakes and it wears it out. And the top three performing ryegrasses from the trial the prior year end up getting sown onto Wimbledon the following year um, in, in preparation. So the sowing normally happens around um it's around like late april early may and then they use grow covers and things and grow lights to bring it through and then come tournament time which is normally around late july um it'll be a full cover of the ryegrass and it's generally a free ryegrass blend from the previous year's trial work yep wow who knew growing grass is so much fun and so scientific? Well, it's some a, people know it's very – some people, it's a lot of fun. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Uh, and for Wally the Mad Turf Scientist, it's a heap of fun. It's a jump. Um, Wally, uh, unfortunately, we've got to let you get go and uh, get back into that Good party, luck. the mayhem. Just plan ahead, plan accordingly. Good luck in a few weeks, and we'll check in after that to see how your, uh, your pride and joy of your turf is looking. Cheers, guys. Wally, the uh, mad turf scientist, joining us here. Hope you learned a little bit there. That was our weekly lawn chat. Now, after the break, we're going to catch up with, uh, from topsport.com.au, Lord Tristan Merlihan um, for a bit of value and Nick's stupid multi. Back in a moment. Time is around the corner. I've got the call up off the bench. Nicholas. Uh, Bring your see. boots. I've got to stay. I've got to get out to Ambush. Don't want to let down Robbo. No, oh, speaking of that. Yeah. Hang on. You say you've got two training sessions out there. So yesterday and today. No, they're playing today. Oh, sorry. Yeah, they are with to. me. I thought it was tomorrow. You're, host, hosting, you're, you're hosting crunch time. Yeah, sorry, they're playing tomorrow. My I'm, God, no. I'm, I get befuddled when there's a manly game on a Friday night. It's like a punctuation point. It's like okay. That's... There's always a nervousness when I've got a text message before. <laughs> this is a bit of bruising. Mm-hmm. Trent Robinson's name comes up on the text line. <laughs> and you're like, oh, you're like, oh, geez, I wonder what this is about. Well, was it a group text or direct no, one? No, direct. <laughs> I asked what it said. No, it was all good. Uh, I, I just had a little bit of homework to do for, for TK. Yeah. As in how many kilometres up 
into the stratosphere does Matt Burton bombs go? <laughs> <laughs> what they're faced with? Today. Yeah, the things like the things that they shoot the t-shirts out into the crowd. <laughs> I had one of them at training yesterday. To take this guy. <laughs> oh yeah. No, it was a bit of homework about something else. So it was all good. It was a yeah, it was a good one. So I was like, whew. May mention Gus um, Phil Gould has got part ownership in a horse and. Made the, Football uh, team made the crack that he was out there at track work this week, telling a fourteen hundred mm. meters of pace work work home the last three. But in all seriousness, what did you make of that with with Gus? And you don't know the actual truth whether or not it was Gus yeah. pushing Trent out the way and going, "I'm taking it today, son," and getting out there with the whistle and marking out the yeah. cones, or it was mainly yeah. A- I, I think it was a little bit of the fact that so many people found out and knew about it makes me think there's a fair bit of staging. It was it was meant it. to be met, uh, that, found out about. Yeah, that is meant to be found out about. Um, headlock, and I'm pretty sure he wasn't. He probably he might have been out there with the boots and the whistle on. I've got no idea, but mm. I think the fact that so many it was basically common knowledge to everyone pretty quickly that there was a bit of the news call papers don't mind a Gus Gould story, especially when it paints him in a certain way. You know what I mean? And yeah. this might be a, a totally true. Look, I'm I think... I'm having a go at the, the reports. It's, yeah. it's a great story. It's an absolute yep. great story. No, look, but, but I think he he, he might have said something. He could have said something. I, I have absolutely no idea. But uh, I do remember Andy Maguire did it once at Collingwood. He what? He was, he um, he, he came in and um, gave his two cents worth. And actually used to like, come in and actually training with the boys. Please and, tell me he had his boots on. His boots, uh, they, yeah, he'd get out in the warm up and kick footies around in a suit and boots, <laughs> suit and boots, <laughs> booted and suited. We'll get back to that shortly. Well, I want to expand on that particular story, but right now, uh, really special guest joining us on the line. The New South Wales Women's Open is happening right now at Tweed Heads. Uh, it's up there, and uh, Maya Stark, the um, Swedish golfer, she had a really good time of it last week at Bonville. She's leading the way, and uh, yeah, looking down the leaderboard, there's some uh, some good names there. And overseas at the moment, the uh, the two Australians on the LPGA She's tour, well. Hannah Green and Minji Lee, they're they're flying over there in California, which would make this woman really proud. Legend of Australian golf, joining us right now on the Mowers Club, Jan Stevenson uh, joins us. How are you, Jan? I'm great, thank you. Yes, I'm very excited. Those girls are playing well. Uh, everywhere at the moment, Australian golf, the depth and the work that Golf Australia are Grace doing, Kim. and yeah, it's it's amazing. What what do you make of where Australian golf is at the moment? It's really, I mean, it's what's amazing is that in in the states um, they really respect uh, Australian golf, uh, and they they keep saying, "How come we have that small a population and that many good golfers?" But I really think it's you know, Golf Australia has done a great job in, in our teaching. I really think that our uh, teaching in, of golf swings, I think, is superior to anywhere in the country, in the world. Yeah, right. It, it, better than the, the college system and, and all the, the coaching that would go on there? Well, the college system is wonderful to teach you, you, you know, how to compete and you play yeah. a lot of tournaments. But no, the coaches actually don't teach you your technique. You've got to come with your own technique and your own technical okay. coach. Yeah, that makes absolute sense. Mm. Yeah, and then they go. And uh, and, they, of... and they do play a lot and they get the opportunity mm. to obviously, yeah, compete and, and do all those things. But, Jan, with the with, – look, Hannah Green and, and – Minji doing so well. Is there is this an opportunity to go? Yep, let's get a lot of these international women stars back down to Australia to to be playing in these sort of tournaments. Or does the schedule just not quite line up? 
No, I think it would be wonderful because, you know, they do it with the men. And now that they've just announced Australian Open, it's going to be that way too. I yep. think that'll attract a lot of the American and the international stars because the money's there, you know, when the, when the money – and it's, it is off-season for, for the, you know, American golf. So I think it would be fantastic. I mean, the men have been doing it for years. And we did it when we first started the LPGA Tour at the ALPG back in the 70s. And then, you know, everybody started going overseas and it kind of dissolved. So I think it'd be fantastic to see it come back. Yeah, when you were coming through, as opposed to when these modern day youngsters are coming through, what are the, what are the, the subtle differences? What are the key differences in, in the landscape for, for women's golf in particular? Well, I see it because I actually uh, do a lot of speaking at the colleges um, and it's so funny because, you know, they, I'm so far beyond, I'm like old enough to be their grandmother. So <laughs> when the questions they ask are so different, but you know, you come on tour and, and I talk about how, when I came on tour, I had to write to hotels and write to the tour and they're like, well, why didn't you email? I'm like, that was nowhere near <laughs> invented yet. And, uh, and, and they're just in shock. But you know, what's so impressive is because there is such great competition for them. That's why I think they're doing so well when they first come on tour, because they're not really rookies you know they've been playing so much golf they already have a golf coach they already probably have sports psychs and you know so they're and they're so fit you know I was that was the huge the biggest difference is you know I was one of the rare people that worked out because my dad was a cricketer so I knew to work out but everybody kept saying even Ben Hogan told me oh golfers don't work out that'll hurt you golf me and and now it's you know the opposite if you don't work out there's something wrong yeah, absolutely. And Jan, look, a lot has been made about look improvements in golf. Yep, the golf ball and equipment has changed. How have golf courses evolved over the years that you've been involved in golf? What are the differences uh, that you've been able to see? Well, I noticed the big difference is that power is such so much more of the game, you know, because they can, with all the equipment, hit it so far. And everybody's focusing on that. I mean, you know, it used to be really was that you putt for dough, but not anymore. I mean, you've got to have to have the whole package. You know, you obviously have to have a great short game. Look at Cam Smith. He's a brilliant, brilliant short game, and everybody talks about in the States. But even he said he has to focus more on power, and that's what he spent the off-season doing. And, and unfortunately, good or bad, it's the way it is. You've got to bomb it, and these young players do. So it's it's great to see, but it's whenever I play with them, I'm so demoralized how far they hit it. But it's... You know, when I talk to my, you know, my counterparts on the male and female side, and they say the same thing, it's it's amazing how far they can hit it. Yeah, that demoralised feeling is a common one when I play around with Nick. So yeah, it's it's fine. But um, <laughs> then he he gets ahead of himself and gets to fifteen, and then chokes like you wouldn't believe, Jan. So it's all right. Um, <laughs> with it, with that though, the the differences. So when you were at your absolute peak, what would your what was your average drive distance as opposed to what's happening now at the top of the women's game? Well, you know, I used to I used to actually hit it pretty long for when I was small, but probably at 240. But now they just hit it 260. I mean, it's 20, it's 20 and 30, you know, past just automatically. Mm. You know, the, the counterparts would be 30 or 40 ahead. Yeah, and then you look at someone like in the men's game, Bryson, who's a walking advertisement oh. for a chiropractor, and he's finding that out right now. <laughs> but he's 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 tried to take it to a stratosphere. It, there's only so far – I got this theory. I don't know if you agree, Jan. There's only so far you can go, though, before – because the golf swing is such an unnatural thing for the body to do that surely there's a, there's a limit to what you can put into your golf swing power-wise before 
bad things start happening, surely. That's a good point. And that's exactly what's happened with Grayson. I mean, I know he got injured and fell when he was in Dubai, but still, his golf swing has evolved. It, it, it got really, really good. Like 18 months ago, I thought it was probably, I mean, I had a picture, a couple of pictures of him that I'd taken on tour when I'd been on the PGA Tour, and they were on my fridge. They were such great positions. And then the last year, he went to the next level, trying to hit as far as the long hitters, you know, the ones that, the long drive guys. And he started to ruin his golf swing, and that's when he started getting injuries. So you're right. It's absolutely, there is a point of no return. You know, you've still got to be able to hit the fairways and control your ball. And then the hardest part for him is he couldn't hit a three-quarter wedge. You know, I asked one of his friends, I said, well, how far does he hit a wedge? And he said, well, he really doesn't know. Sometimes it's 185, you know, and you, and you just don't know, you know. And that's the problem you have is that when when you do lose control, and that that's going to affect your golf, your golf game and especially your golf score. Unfortunately, Adam, you've got to count them all. And that's Bright's problem. <laughs> you don't just count the ones that go 300. You've got to count all of them. But, Jan, hmm. New South Wales Open at Tweed Heads. How are things out there? Weather conditions all good for play? Yeah, it's beautiful. It's a little breezy, but there's no rain. They were calling for rain, so everybody was worried. But actually, it's nice. It's a little bit wet, but the scores are great. I mean, I'm pretty impressed that, that they played that well because it was pretty wet. And uh, they, they just can really play nowadays. It's just fantastic. And I'm so honored that they named the trophy after me. You know, after all the controversy I went through when I was young. But the funny thing is the young girls don't know that. They just, So it's great. But um, it is fantastic to see. And I'm, I'm really, really, I, I try to carry this Aussie flag, flag as well as I can. And I'm just so happy to be back home. Just even better give the trophy away tomorrow. Yeah, that's that's an awesome honour and, and well-deserved, Jan. So um, good luck with that and enjoy the golf up there this weekend. You can catch it all on KO, by the way. The Women's New South Wales Open going on right now all the way to the final day tomorrow. Jan Stevenson, pleasure to have you on the Mowers Club. And, uh, yeah, as I said, have a great weekend. Thank you. Thanks again. It was great talking to you. Bye. Jan Stevenson, legend of Australian golf in the Sport Australia Hall of Fame as well and in the World Golf Hall of Fame. So that points a... Points a picture uh, it's of, a pretty uh, clear picture of how good <laughs> Yeah, paints a picture, I should say, of uh, what Jan Stevenson is to Australian golf and Australian sport. Off to a quick break and to wrap up the show right after this. Visit toromowersclub.com.au to win a Toro Mower and heaps more. This is the Saturday Morning Mowers Club on SEN with Adam Peacock and Nick Davis. Welcome back. Uh, last segment of the Mowers Club. We're Give joined over. by the host of Crunch Time. Yes. Adam, what's coming up on Crunch Time? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> sure, Mr. Burns. What's your first name? I You're pre- re- previewing the Roosters game on Sunday? <laughs> yes. Well, could be. Uh, I might head out there and watch it. Um, I'll be there. Kelly Slater update, please, Ooh. Gibbo. Over at Margaret River. He was in an elimination heat. Yeah, he got ago. through. The goat of all the time. Goat, surfing, he's through. Uh, so the he'll surf later on. But he's always a chance. Uh, he, he wants to get in the top five this year because... The top five surf on a finals day over in America, and Trestles. the winner by yep. that day gets the number one. So Slade is still a chance, but that's hopefully. cutthroat how they do it, isn't What's it? What's that? The top five. The or top five. Making... So they go. Do you know how they do it, Nick? No. Okay. They go. Okay, one weights, and they go four v five elimination. Then the winner of that plays, surfs against three. Winner of that surfs against two. Winner of that. And, but they do three heats, don't but they? But you could be out in there the, in the water for hours. Yeah, you could. But the thing is, though... I like that. Well, 
I think they've seen the UFC. They've seen how big these massive days are to get all the eyeballs on yeah. one event. Yeah. And I think last year at in America when they did it, it was the biggest rating day of It's like playing horse surfing. in basketball. <laughs> but the, the, yeah. against, the against it is guys like Gabby Medina, not this year, who go through the whole year and kill it. Yeah. What's the advantage, really? Like, Because if you're on a heater, if you're feeling good, you come from four mm. all the way to one, mate, you'll surf for hours. Well, that's but. like the tour championship in golf. If you're number one in the FedEx and you go to the last tournament, you start at 10, ten under. 10 under. And right. then eight. Six, it's all, so that's your advantage. It's all made for television stuff. Made for TV. Surfing's big problem, and will always be, <laughs> the Ducks? fact that well, you don't know what day it's going to be on. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Well, like the Olympics and is sharks. a little different because they had to plan a little earlier. But and look what they ended up in. Even Slop. even the uh, event windows to surfers are a bit too short. Gibbo, would surfers rather this or you go? All right, we're going to the Essendon Wave. The wave pools. Oh, thing. this. Yes. Yeah. The wave pool's fun for a novelty, but even the WSL comps are at the wave pool. They're a bit too repetitive. Yeah. The the element of surprise and the watermanship is just not there with wave pools. The watermanship. The, water- <laughs> the watermanship. I know. I is know. that a term? Is that a, a, I just mean, made, a I just made it term? up. I just made it up. But the it, I think it is. watermanship. Yes. Well, like being able to duck dive waves, being able to paddle back out the back. You don't get that in a wave pool. It's anyway, hard. Nathan Surf Report brought to you by Swellnet. Frothen Surf Report from Gibbo. <laughs> I didn't say frothen once. And and I, I, love I, that I, word. I made that mistake once with the Aussie captain, and I'll never do it again. Hey, uh, Watermanship. Oh, cool. I know what's coming what, up on what's Crunch Time now. What's coming up on Crunch Time now? <laughs> Thanks, Alex. <laughs> Alex has just dropped in the rundown. You beauty. Uh, we've got Ciro and Anthony Seabold coming up. To, show, to see us out, though, I want more of this Eddie Maguire takes training story from Collingwood, Nick Davis. Uh, he did. He would come down and yeah, because he's a he was a fan more than anything. Could he kick? Ed? He could kick. Yeah, yep. yeah, yeah. Couldn't run. Uh, better than me. <laughs> <laughs> Couldn't run. <laughs> That's no guy. No, Ed was good. It was yeah. good, but he did come in and. He'd be good for a speech. Chair the paint off the wall. He loves or twice because he loves the club. Passion, absolutely. But that's not a bit that gets lost a bit in professional sport. What's that? The perspective of the fan, I'd say, for the players, because you're in the four walls. You've, you professionalism to a certain degree, mm-hmm. but how you're feeling, especially when things aren't going well. I, Ed would have that ability because he'd had the all access pass. He could come in, but he would come at it purely from a supporter's point of view. Correct? Yeah. He's not coming in and going, oh, this is costing us bad. No, he was more about the the supporter and the passion of the club. Mm. It worked. So was it Malthouse, the coach? Yeah. So Mick could be smart enough to go, Ed. Stand aside. Well, he, he signs the checks. Do what you like, Ed. <laughs> <laughs> Never got to the point where he thought, um... I think you're... it wasn't overboard. Like you didn't come you're in every way. week. No, and well, then we no. started going good anyway, so it was sweet. Yeah, but and ne- then you and never then thought we, and he then was we out of his finals line. in Adelaide, and he's putting. He can give us a spray, Ed, as long as when we <laughs> win a final in Adelaide, Ed's card went on the bar. The old one. If I do something good, give me a compliment. If I do something bad, give me a spray. That's fine. Uh, pump, pump up song. Pump up song. You Kings trolling? of Leon. They're coming out. They're touring. They're still a thing. Got your free ticket yet? Well, hopefully, if we keep playing, <laughs> they're going to be the pump up song until I get one. <laughs> Nick Davis, thank you for your company this morning. Thank you. Go Chalkies. Gibbo, thank you for your company this morning. Thank you for your company, Adam, and I'll be tuning into Crunch Time.
Thanks, mate. Cheers. Yeah. Stick around. Crunch time is on the way. I'm sticking around. And Anthony Seabold <laughs> and Paul Serenan will join me in the studio for a bit of chat about rugby league. And yes, Sky Racing will be staying on that particular television and the surfing on the other one. We're back in a moment. Continues here on SEN. Have a good one.